Hello and welcome to the Happiness in Movement podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about all things life and mental health and some of the challenges that we face along the way. I hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to head over to my Instagram at Happiness in Movement to keep up with all of my latest content. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Happiness in Movement podcast. We're recording season two at the moment, so we're going to be conducting more interview-based podcasts this time and we're going to be having some discussions with people about a, a range of topics. Uh, first guest that we've got is Philip Taylor. So Phil, if you just want to give us a bit of an introduction of who you are and what you do. Uh, hello everyone, uh, my name is Philip. Um, I'm a occupational therapist. Um, I currently work in um, mental health for Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Trust. Um, I'm working in the uh, community mental health team, um, working with adults um, of working age, so kind of just supporting them within the community. I've obviously met quite a few OTs over the years working in physio, so I'll, I'll know a little bit about your, your job role, but if, if you just want to maybe tell people that aren't as aware of what occupational therapists do, what's your, what's your job role entail? Yeah, so basically occupational therapy is quite um, a broad profession. Mm. Uh, we can work in lots of different areas, like um, some um, OTs, um, work in schools with kids, mm. uh, work with autism. There's a lot of uh, sensory needs, like we yeah. support people with their sensory needs, like we do sensory assessments. And then people, the OTs that you'd be used to working with are mm. kind of the physical OTs yeah. um, that I used to work. I used to work in that area. Mm. So that in the kind of acute hospital. Yeah. Um, and that would be kind of a lot of discharge planning and yeah like yeah yeah uh, if anybody's ever had kind of like um an old uh somebody in hospital or went to visit someone in hospital mm-hmm. especially if they kind of had reduced mobility yeah they might have come across uh, an ot when mm. they were kind of leaving hospital like discharge planning yeah um but i work in mental health at the moment because mental mm. health is kind of my passion yeah um so my job role is kind of there's different obviously different areas of mental health you have your inpatient yeah. um who like um have more severe mental health problems mm. um but my area is kind of adult working age so kind of 18 to 65 kind of yeah. like me and you kind of yeah so uh so there'd be people out in the community trying to keep them them well within the community mm. um so i 
kind of encourage them to engage in everyday activities like um ensuring that they can live independently um, yeah so we things like are they washing themselves properly mm. can they cook for themselves? yeah are they able to do their own shopping so a lot of people with mental health problems like where some people can be vulnerable mm. so we make sure they're able to be out in the community and they're safe and they're also yeah. handling money mm. um but there's kind of a fun side fun more fun side to it as well where we do like group activities yeah and, yeah which maintain people's mental health because a lot of people with mental health um they try to they withdraw from the community yeah they stay at home yeah get quite isolated yeah so they isolate themselves um mm. and some of them do so we um we kind of come up with ideas for them to, to get involved in, like uh get involved in sports like yeah, yeah, yeah. like aston villa have like a, a group called think football mm. so uh we like would go along with the, some like people to that like and encourage them to get involved in that yeah and then there's other stuff like um gardening and and uh, yeah, yeah anything you want to start um if you are like someone that wants to get back into the jobs market we yeah kind of facilitate that and yeah and yeah, yeah. you to the right groups like the yeah she do yeah so, so i figure out where your skills might be put to best use yeah so um and we also look at stuff like independent living assessments mm. some people have semi-supported accommodations so and yeah. they might want to move out of that supported accommodation into yeah. their own independent apartment or house mm. so we would assess see if they're if it's appropriate for them to to go back out into the wider community yeah what we need to facilitate them to, to live more independently yeah how, how can we support them yeah yeah so it's all about my, my main aim really in like a nutshell is to yeah. make people independent mm. um, and sure that they can do the tasks and occupations that they need to do that we all take for granted yeah all, all, all those sort of typical activities of daily living that you know, for people that don't have those issues, it's just commonplace and don't take too much thought. But yeah, I imagine there's a, a lot of people that have got quite a few impairments because of that stuff when it comes to just general daily living. So yeah, I mean, the, the OTs I've come across, the the role that they play is so important. Like you say, a lot of the stuff I've come across was the discharge planning, but even then it was like last minute patient needs to go, bed pressure, there was always an OT that would be ringing around getting everything sorted last minute so that patient's like safe and sorted to go so yeah it's a, it's a really really valuable role um especially in kind of mdt working um yeah we also look at stuff like um the equipment which is obviously like a massive thing in ot that yeah so we prescribe equipment like bed levers and mm -hmm. uh, toilet rails any of those disabled toilets you go into in the um any of the like public toilets kind of yeah. like stuff but I haven't done anything to do with that, but I know yeah. that there is scope for OTs to go into that kind of work with like private companies as well. Mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we do all the equipment that actually helps you prescribe it. Yeah. All that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, we, we as physios would probably do the more sort of physical assessment type stuff and then come back to you with what limitations there is and then you can kind of bridge the gap between home and where they are right now and um, yeah I've, I've always loved working with OTs and seeing the uh, especially the cognitive 
side of the assessment. I've always really enjoyed that. So in, in terms of that cognitive side then, so obviously you're, you're more specific in mental health now. Is, is there anything that's kind of shaped your journey in practice to go to that area? Is there any sort of motivations behind chasing that role? Um, so I'm from Ireland, obviously. Yeah. Cashel Castle. Yeah, Cashel. From a town like outside a town called Cashel. Um, my mum and my my mammy and <laughs> um, are both uh, mental health nurses. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of had a um, uh, an interest around um, kind of caring for people and supporting. Mm. Um, and I I was looking at doing mental health nurses. I yeah. didn't really have much interest in the. Um, adult nursing or general nursing as we call it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have much of an interest in that because I'm more into the kind of social care kind of mm. um, mental health side of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I was looking at nursing and then I was kind of thinking, oh God, uh, the, the hours and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> not the most sociable job. It's demanding. Very demanding job. Like, they're, like I remember my mother having to like, uh, Christmas days, she's working and things yeah. like that. I, I know it's more it, it's more common nowadays for a therapist to work Christmas day and yeah. kind of like you know, um, kind of muck in a bit more. But yeah, definitely. Less likely. So I um I was looking at that and then Mam kind of said to me one day at the kitchen table, she was like, Oh, you should do OT. <laughs> I was like, Perfect. What's OT? Yeah. I was like, What's OT? Never heard of it in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah loads of people haven't like the amount of people that i say mm. an occupational therapist and they haven't what's that what yeah um so i did she's like oh it's a lovely job they they um they do <laughs> they do some games and art with them <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, lovely hours and um i was like okay so obviously then i researched it a bit more and yeah like oh this is this sounds really interesting and it's obviously a lot more than games and stuff like that. yeah definitely um and then i uh i i looked into it and uh i started um i was looking into it in ireland and yeah it's really in ireland to become an occupational therapist like right we've kind of a point system from school like yeah you know, yeah like, certificate so like our yeah you get quite high grades to get in so yeah i um i kind of knew that i wasn't going to get those grades yeah so i looked for england in the uk mm. um and i applied first time around when coming out of school and i got i got a conditional offer yeah but unfortunately there was kind of a bit of a misunderstanding and and i didn't get the grade yeah um, i kind of I kind of so I went off and I did um I didn't get OT the first time yeah so instead I went off and I did like a social studies degree in Ireland yeah 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 so OT is kind of like a health and social care degree yeah like so you're still kind of similar to that yeah yeah um, similar similar remit yeah so I loved it is really like I loved it's all about like facilitating people from a day to day basis yeah. Yeah. So more kind of them all the time. Yeah, it's really supportive um, role. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so at at the end of that, then I um 
I did that three-year degree, and at the end of it, I was still itching to do OT. Yeah. So I replied, and um, I got got into Coventry University, hmm. and then um, I then I became then I did all my placements, and I got my my degree, and yeah, then yeah. I became an occupational therapist. So in in terms of other roles, was was there anything else that you did? Like, did you end up getting any inpatient experience and working with, you know, the more sort of uh, acute medicine? Did you do any of that type of stuff? So, yeah. So I, my first um, job was uh, a rotational band five therapy in University Hospital, Birmingham. Mm. Um, So that was kind of like a physical OT. Yeah. Um, there wasn't many um, mental health roles in Birmingham at the time that were of interest to me. Yeah. And I was a new OT and um, I, it sounded very like specific to brand new OT. So I yeah. it. Um, so I'm glad I did it, even though I kind of knew at the end, by the end, I knew I was like, this is just getting the basics of OT for me. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of your, your, your bread and butter type role, isn't it? Yeah, so getting to know the equipment, getting to know, like, you know, the feel of a ward, because I actually liked all my placements. Yeah. Uh, I liked my um, my physical placement, and yeah. I liked my health placement. So, yeah. like, I tried it first, and then after about, after about uh, six months, I was like, yeah, I definitely. It definitely isn't really for me, but it's, yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's more of a job for me. So mm. I, I was kind of like, I'll wait a while. So eventually I was like, I'll go into mental health. I didn't want to go into mental health as a dancer because yeah. it's a, a different role. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit more sort of supervisory and management type stuff with a team. In mental health. Yeah, well, like when you go up to a band six, because I know in a lot of physio roles, once yeah. you go up to band six, it's a lot more sort of almost like a supervisor in that sense where yeah. they're sort of coordinating band fives. Yeah, so I didn't want that pressure going into a completely different area. Yeah. So I went I went over, I was like, okay, go now as a band five, because if you wait any longer, you'll be, because I'm quite ambitious, so I'll be like, I want to be a You want it to kind of climb up, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I got I applied for the job and I got it and um, I wanted to I like the mental health side of things mm. um, of everything. Yeah. Um, so, in, in in terms of branching more into the mental health, was 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 there anything specific about mental health that made you want to make the switch from being more kind of acute and medical services to being more in the the mental health field? So I, um, yes, yeah, so about, so all my way through my um, to my first job role in OT, I kind of knew that my end game was going to be mental health. Yeah. I, um, I kind of, I've had, so, uh, I have experience with mental health myself, so yeah. uh, I, I kind of have quite a passion for mental health. Yeah. Uh, you know, and supporting people. Mm. Um I, I feel like that it's made me more empathetic towards people with mental health. Definitely. Um, I kind of understand where they're coming from more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I just find that I've always found it very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, like 
what I noticed when I moved over from a physical to mental health is I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot more about different conditions. Like I, I find it fascinating. So. Yeah, like the, 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 the extra learning is not that much for you because you're so interested yeah. in it. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I just, I, I just, I wanted to um, get into something that I was more passionate about. Yeah. That was kind of why. And I always had an interest even in uni. I always, like I, my extra module that we did in uni was, mental health like, yeah i just always found that i um uh had more empathy for people with mental health yeah um, yeah it was just something that i did i did quite a lot of sort of personal passion as well um and yeah in terms of that being being more empathetic i think a lot of people would agree with that like once you've once you've been through that it's, it's something where you wouldn't wish it on anybody else so when, when people are going through it you kind of you, you know what you maybe needed at that time and you can support people in a bit of a better way so yeah i'm i'm big on stuff like that as well um even in a physio role to be fair like i don't really do much mental health specific stuff job wise but yeah i think having that awareness and just being able to talk to people in a, in a way yeah. that's just quite frank about that stuff yeah and i think like it's the the underdog of the the healthcare world fish yeah definitely uh, and it needs a bit, a lot more of attention. And yeah, hundred percent. I feel like trying to give to it more is more satisfying. Though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you're definitely putting like a uh, skills to an area where they're really needed. And I think I think that's really important to have people in healthcare that are passionate about that specific area. Like, for some, it is an occupation type thing, which is fine. But you know, if you can have some passion behind it as well, that's driving that. I think that's it's always a, a good recipe for a good therapist. So, yeah, yeah because I um, uh, people can be quite dismissive of people with mental health problems. Definitely. Uh, and be like, oh, will they just get on with it? Or yeah, and, and it can be frustrating for healthcare professionals when mm. they they can see their patient doing things and engaging in active in things that are, are detrimental to yeah. their mental health and physical health. Mm. And it can and it can be quite frustrating. But I think it's as when you like experience these certain things yourself or your experiences in life I think yeah. you just kind of put yourself in the patient's shoes a lot more yeah I think it's, it's just important to, to have those kind of people in areas like mental health yeah no it definitely is it's a really valuable thing to have as well and you, you being a staff member that's got that kind of drive and you've always wanted that role you know to have been to have been pursuing it for that many years and then when you got to it you still wanted it as well it's important to have people like that so yeah good and so one of the main things we wanted to do when we were chatting today was talk through a few kind of government guidelines regarding things to do with lockdown and obviously a, a big part of your role is sort of supporting people with their mental health everyone's mental health has been affected in some way over the past year. So is, is, is there a few of the recommendations that you maybe wanted to take us through that you thought were some more, more important ones for, for yourself? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've quite a few. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, good. Let's go through them. They're more, they're not really government guidelines. They're more occupational therapy. Yeah. Um, college of occupational therapy kind of, um, yeah yeah so it's more lt specific type of guidelines from you guys yeah yeah, yeah let's give credit where it's due <laughs> it's not bother uh yeah oh boris anyway uh we'll leave that out <laughs> so uh so kind of 
if we start off with like the main thing would be kind of having your routine. Yeah. Uh, so make sure that you're kind of getting up every day at a, mm-hmm. a, a normal time. Like say when I'm, whenever I was working from home at the start, um, it was I was like making sure I got up at like half eight or, or yeah. Something. Like obviously I'm not gonna get up at six o'clock or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. At a, a normal time. Have your breakfast, get dressed, have a shower. Yeah. Have, you know, sit at a table, you know, if, you, if that's your job. Yeah. Um, if you're furloughed or anything, come up, like, have your breakfast, maybe go for a walk or do a bit of yoga in the morning. Yeah. Have your, your day set out um, five days a week. And obviously then at the weekend, you can have your... A little day. bit of leeway. Um, and go to bed at the same time. Don't be getting your body clock out of whack. Yeah. When you're trying to sleep, when you're laying there trying to sleep, it's, it's like the worst thing in the world, isn't it? When yeah. And the longer that you're there, the harder it gets to fall asleep, and then your body just ends yeah. up pinging you back awake because you've not gone to sleep yet. So, <laughs> yeah, I can sympathise with that one a lot. Um, yeah, I think a, a good sleep routine is a really important one at the minute because it's so easy for people to just be staying up because we know that we don't really have to be going anywhere the next day. So, yeah, I think having a, a loose enough weekly routine, like you say, having those couple of days where you can maybe let certain things go and relax, I think that's a really important one just to give you a week a bit of structure. Yeah, give your week structure. Um, and also, I would say, which giving your week structure is, uh, which kind of taps into that, is eating well and drinking um, well. So, yeah. I would say, have your dinner, have your have your lunch at normal times. Mm. Um, but uh, try not, I know we've, at the start, like, we're all, like, eating loads, and it's just after Christmas, so people are yeah. starting to get it health conscious so um, yeah definitely don't be like gorging too much during the week but then people are quite stressed at the moment so yeah uh, people less under stress so make sure that you're getting your your food and your yeah each day but one thing i would say which has been kind of a a thing that i've noticed around uh, lockdown is alcohol during the week is Mm. probably not the best idea yeah so at everybody was like putting up instagrams like oh like in their garden like drinking a gin or beer yeah 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 um, so i would try and keep the alcohol for for the weekend so yeah on a saturday night because with nothing to do we need something to look forward to every week. yeah so definitely make the weekend some way special yeah so if you drink, um, obviously people are probably better off to not drink at all, but I drink. Disclaimer. So, <laughs> so yeah, so tr- keep kind of like, and maybe ha- give yourself like a nice meal at the weekends just to, yeah. to make it special, something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a, it's a good point. You know, we, um, we're lacking a lot of things at the minute and making some of that smaller normal day-to-day stuff a little bit of a, a special thing to look forward to at the weekend, like prepping your favorite meal for a Saturday night or something like that. It just uh, kind of it, do, it does give you that little bit of a boost that you need um, when you are just sort of slogging through your your eight hour workday at your kitchen table. It'll get really monotonous, so it's it's important to have something that's going to break that up at the weekend. That's not just sitting and watching TV. Yeah, yeah, because food at the moment probably is like what what else is there to look forward. To? You know, what? very little. Go for a walk. Like the food is 
is the only highlight and many mm. people obviously people like speaking to family and stuff but yeah that's fine um yeah so yeah that's what i'd say about that um, yeah i'd no. also say that we've also touched on uh practicing good sleep hygiene so, yeah just to, to tap into that a little bit more, like so make sure you're going to bed at normal times, getting up at normal times. Mm. Uh, if you're struggling, you know, like maybe don't drink coffee and, and tea. Yeah. And yeah, um, a, a lot of similar stuff that you'd normally recommend even outside of lockdown and stuff, you know. If, if, yeah. if you think it's, it's still a normal day in the grand scheme of yeah. things, like a lot of external life has changed but you as a human still need all those normal things like food hydration sleep so yeah, yeah i think if you can prioritize those and like i said before like a baggy enough routine where you, you're getting yourself looked after but you've still got a bit of wiggle room for when you're maybe not feeling up to certain things yeah we have like all these uh in normal times you might get away with like drinking coffee in the afternoon you might mm. get away with so tired from day yeah you're working all day but now you're not so mm. you might not get away with you might not be as tired so you might not get away with like looking at the blue screen for an hour before you go to sleep so yeah you just consider those things you are struggling uh, yeah so obviously we've we've been talking about routines and things like that so how how important is it to be maintaining a daily routine and actually engaging in some meaningful tasks what what, what sort of role does that play throughout the week yeah so um from a a, a kind of a more specific occupational therapy uh, point of view yeah um, we're currently as a the world a kind of experiencing occupational disruption which is where yeah. Um, our, a lot of our occupations that we engage in every day have been disrupted. Mm, yeah. Temporary, but it's disrupted at the moment. Yeah. So um, it's all about getting that. Um, and I know, like, so when we're at home, we're trying to keep busy. We're, we're trying to make sure that we're filling our day. And, and we parked yeah. off 40 minutes about, like, keeping busy and stuff. But yeah. there's also to keep in mind to have that occupational balance. So yeah sure that you're having enough uh say work and rest and play yeah. kind of thing so, mm. so yes keep busy keep occupied but then you need some downtime as well so don't yeah. feel like you have to be constantly busy and filling your day with things mm. there can be points in your day where you just sit and you do absolutely nothing Definitely. maybe it's a, maybe it's the time like i i know like a couple of years ago um, I had to, I didn't really know how to relax properly. I didn't yeah. know how, especially during the day because I grew up on a farm and there was yeah. always like, always something going on. Yeah, so I had to learn how to, to, to just sit and watch TV in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, things like that. So without feeling anxious about it. Yeah, I should be busy. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people feel this guilt that they, they, they need to be doing things all the time. So don't, so make sure you do what's good for you Yeah. Um, because you can, being too busy can also impact on your mental health. Big time. Uh, so I would also say within the routines of daily, daily tasks and things is to like, to make sure that like you're paying attention to like your, it's to do with your habit, habitu, habituation. <laughs> <laughs> habituation um yeah so 
like that's all around like your your role like so your role as we mentioned before like your, your role as as a son or a, yeah. a, husband, a wife or a daughter um so just make sure that like you're you're keeping those roles because a lot of people are their roles at the moment are minimalized because yeah. they might have lost their job they might not be you know so they might not feel like they have that purpose so maybe yeah that you take it for granted yeah make sure that you're engaging in those those routines yeah so the, um, the the roles that you can still actually be engaging in even though there's been such a big disruption yeah yeah so make sure that like a lot of us have taken our, our roles uh, uh, for different things for granted throughout our lives so maybe yeah. trying to, to focus in on them more yeah um i would also say engage like in your routine day-to-day routine i would say engage in activities that are actually of interest to you so an interest to you Mm -hmm. like not something that's mundane that you're just just filling the time yeah so if i say when i said like try a new hobby don't just try a new hobby just because some lad some irish lad on a podcast said to do it yeah so do a hobby that um that you actually have interest in like yeah because eventually, and don't do it just like oh i'm just doing this to get out of my head because i've got anxiety mm. do something that you have any um an interest in it because if you're doing something that you're boring bored with yeah eventually your thoughts will come back you're, yeah you're application it's yeah. like when you're driving do you ever drive along the road and you literally <sighs> at work and you're at home and you don't know how yeah. you got there. <laughs> there's been one song player <laughs> but you've literally been able to do everything so autonomous so make sure it's stuff you're engaged in so like stuff that you can have that occupational flow where you can become immersed in, into it and um you know that you literally like find something that you can you can just focus on and yeah get that yeah yeah get 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 a little bit of flow going where it's not taking that much sort of energy to be concentrating on it because it's something that you're just fully involved with yeah so um obviously a big thing that's changed is the lack of contact that we can have with like friends and family and things like that so in, in, in terms of staying connected how important would you say that is like still trying to keep up with people so yeah, very important, um, especially those living alone. Um, yeah. Keep talking to people, um, keep going on the uh, social media, but then also um, like social media as in like Instagram and things like that. Make sure yeah. you're on that as well. Like go on it, but don't be on it too much uh, mm. because it impacts negatively on your own mental health. I found that during this lockdown i'm just caught like scrolling 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 yeah it actually makes me feel worse yeah definitely you do do it to sort of fill the time and occupy your mind for a little bit but then yeah you're like an an hour in and it's like what what have i done yeah so maybe instead of if you if you have a bit of downtime instead of what getting in the habit of like scrolling through instagram maybe say oh i'm going to use this Free hour to ring my friends, mm. uh, like Skype or Zoom to my mother. Like yeah. Maybe 
actually talk to people rather than looking at what strangers are doing online. Yeah, um, connect connect with people that you actually know. Yeah, and people are like Zoom was massive in the first lockdown. Yeah, big um, time. Zoom quizzes and all that, and people are starting to get very creative with it. So yeah, yeah. So um, just keep connected, and if you're feeling low, just you know, see, call someone, Zoom someone, mm. just keep talking to people. Don't be bottling up all these feelings and stuff. Yeah, I th- I think a lot of people would feel as though maybe there being a bit of a burden if they were wanting to keep up with people a lot more. Um, but you'll, you'll probably find that most people are feeling pretty similar to you anyway at the minute because we are all going some, through something collectively, uh, which is affecting mental health in very similar ways. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think being able to kind of keep up with people and relate on that side of things, it's, it's not really that much hassle and people would be quite quite happy for the chat a lot of the time as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like, So, obviously, don't... Uh... Don't feel the need to like. Don't feel like guilty if you're not speaking to someone. Like yeah, that. absolutely. But you're not you're not being too much if you are reaching out. Yeah. So you, do what what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's an important one. It is it is different for everybody. There's a lot of people where you know maybe they're a lot more introverted socially and they're quite quite com- quite comfortable not really having to see people that much and for, for those guys it's fine you know like check up on people so they know yeah you're there but you know you don't have to be all over the place checking on everyone because again that's when you end up just being on social media for hours so yeah i'm not one of those people i i don't like being <laughs> I, I like being left with my own device yeah me too yeah to their own some people like their own company i don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's affected people in different ways, but yeah, I think it is. It is just about, like you said, doing what's important to you and what what you need to do. And it's 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 not selfish because you know if you if you're keeping yourself looked after, it means we can support each other a lot more as well. So if if you can make sure you're keeping yourself in good order and just supporting people when you're able to and reaching out when you need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stress is obviously something that's been a a, a big one. Um, in in terms of potentially from an OT side of things, what, what 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 would you touch upon in terms of relaxation and stress management throughout this period? Yeah, so I would, uh, what I would say to people is um, focus on what you have control over. Um, yeah. Because I get stressed and I don't have control over things. Yeah, definitely. It's normal. Certain aspects of my life. So we don't have control over this. Nobody does. No. I, don't, I think only the Australians and the Kiwis have control. Yeah, the only ones that are getting anywhere. So, um, so what I would say is, uh, control like stay away from the news. Like, well, obviously, it's nice to keep updated, um, but don't be on the news constantly. Yeah. Put it away. It's too um, much. Yeah, like focus on what you like. You have control over like how much exercise you do. You've control yeah. over your own immediate environment. So yeah, maybe try and look at um, making your own space more comfortable, mm. more like soothing. Maybe you know, like look at ordering stuff on online, more cushions. I don't know, whatever you're yeah, into. yeah. Uh, make like more control, or you control over um like uh doing things for your loved ones and things like that you know yeah yeah 
that. Um, but I'd also, when you mean, when you say relax and things, so mm. I would say look at things like um, maybe set some time aside every day or every yeah. second day, how many times a week you'd like. Sometimes to relax, meditate, uh, listen to some nice music. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of apps like there's Cam, there's uh, Headspace. Yeah, I've used both of those before, yeah. They're really good, actually. Yeah, so by um, YouTube has loads, like, it's filled with meditation things. Yeah, like guided relaxation exercises and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and you've done some relaxation stuff as well on previous podcasts. Or yeah, 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 I've done an episode on mindfulness, actually. So that, that that's something that, especially in this most recent lockdown, maybe not as much in the first and the second one, I was a lot more exercise type focus there. But yeah, my mindfulness, it's something that I've actually started setting time aside for every day. Um, I used to just do mindfulness that was more kind of activity based. So like getting really wrapped up in your senses when you're drinking a coffee, for example. I used to do a lot of stuff like that throughout the day, but I've, I've actually set time aside to sort of sit and do proper breathing exercises and like a body body scans and stuff like that now. And I, I'm finding that for definitely sleep and just a general sort of relaxation point of view. I feel like I start my day a lot better rather than diving straight onto my phone when I wake up. I start just breathing and just being relaxed for a while. And it definitely puts a puts kind of good stamp on the rest of the day i think if you can start with something like that that's just no external stress or input or anything it's just you for a little while it's just important to have that bit of me time i think and you know we're we're, we're around some, some people potentially they're kind of uh, at home and they're around people a lot more than usual um, and that that relaxation time that me time that's that's something that i think we could all do with from time to time and it's okay to need it as well like that, that personal yeah. sort of time for yourself yeah, um, I'm the exact same to be honest. I the first lockdown, I was very exercised, um, but I think it was, it's, I think it's the time of year to be honest because yeah. you go out for a run, go for a walk. Whereas I'm, I don't really like running in the cold. Yeah, um, not as so pleasant. It's harder to get get the happy that kind of endorphins running and relaxation going. So I've been practicing a lot of mindfulness in this lockdown. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been doing the breathing exercises and and I've been, you know, like the exact same as you, I've been trying to set aside time. So, yeah. Um, and you need to, it's a skill. Like yeah. Mindfulness skill. Yeah. So you need, if you do mindfulness, you can't just expect it to work straight away. No. You have to practice and practice. And once you get the hang of it, though, you can get really good at it. Like Definitely. I'm learning how to do it myself because I think actually I've only realised during this lockdown mm. what mindfulness is. My I've always heard of mindfulness, mm. but I've only actually learned how to do it properly in this lockdown. So yeah. I used to think just uh, uh, oh, I'm just trying to get away from my thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm switching off. Yeah, but actually, when you focus on your breathing, and then you can try and start bringing it into everyday tasks, like you mm. said, you first lockdown. Yeah. I've been to, when you do the, the, the ones where you take 10 minutes or whatever, they kind of, those skills, kind of, you're you're growing your skills for everyday tasks. As well. Yeah. So I think mm. it's the, the best thing I've found anyway. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've found it really useful. I, um, I, I first came across it a few years ago, actually, through someone that I saw at work. Um, and at the time, I just really didn't find it useful. Like, I think I struggled too much with that idea of focusing your thoughts. But yeah, I, th- I think people probably get this idea of mindfulness that it's just a, a meditation sort of Zen thing where you're not thinking. But it's, it's actually a mental exercise in itself where you've, you've got to train yourself to focus on something for a prolonged period and not latch on to other thoughts and you know we're, we're bombarded like you say by news social media it's so easy for your mind to just be running all day and to actually learn to sit and calm that down it does take a lot of time and practice and like i've, I've said like you it's a skill it's, it's something that you can't you can't do once and expect it to work it's got to be implemented really regularly because it's, it's got to kind of be involved in everything that you do yeah yeah so um yeah, so I would definitely, I would definitely rec- recommend mindfulness. Um, yeah, I, f- I found Headspace really useful actually. The first time when yeah. I that like when when I first started trying to learn it, they, they, the app on my phone. Have you ever used that? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I've used it um, in the past. I haven't used it recently, but I think mm. that's because I kind of found my. You find what works for you, don't you? Like yeah, uh, and like certain like metaphors will work for people mm. that relate to different metaphors um yeah like past cars or um like clouds uh, clouds or a bumblebee flying around in yeah. you yeah 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 so you find what works for you really um, yeah no, the, the, the apps are a really good intro, and I'm sure some people just stick with that, which is fine. Um, like having the guided stuff, it's, it, it takes away a little bit of the stress of having to concentrate as much because you can follow an exercise. But yeah, I think once you once you kind of get your groove, you find how you perform it really well because um, it doesn't need to be something that adds stress. You know, it's meant to be kind of fun by the end of it as well. It's a bit of a learning process. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good one. And persevere with the people, don't uh... Yeah, definitely it to work straight away you have to persevere yeah i think i think if anything first few times that you try it it might make you feel a bit worse because you realize just how hard it is to sit and concentrate (laughs) without letting your mind run away so yeah it can be a frustrating one but it definitely uh definitely brings its benefits once you've got in a a good routine with it um so in, in terms of other things that you've maybe been using yourself to manage or maybe something that's been recommended in in terms of being creative and letting yourself create throughout the lockdown is, is is that anything that you've found useful or or anything you've come across yeah so i um i think it's good like say i would say um it's good to tap into the going with an open mind with Mm. hobby creation stuff um like uh like go back to that um those those interests that you had when you were a child like yeah like back to um painting you know stuff that you've lost over the years trying yeah, big time. Stuff, back into it um and have an open mind with stuff we've nothing else to do you know like if you don't mm. like it don't do it yeah it's um, fine try it um so like last week i found myself doing scooby do you remember scooby yeah yeah the bracelets Stuff, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. My other half, taught, Tom, taught me how to do that, mm. uh, and I actually have never really bothered when I was younger to do it. Yeah, like learn. Did I learn how to do one? But anyway, I was able to learn how to do it, and it was really, really like um, 
good because I like I got very focused on the task and, and I found it quite um, therapeutic. Yeah, it's so, quite stimulating. Yeah, that's such a, a childish thing to do. So simple. Like, but I did it and I enjoyed it and I'm 27 years of age so whatever works for you really isn't it that's, that's the thing some some stuff it'll work for you other stuff it won't and um, I know a lot of people started like painting and drawing and other people started reading a lot more it doesn't even need to be something where you're necessarily creating but just consuming in a bit of a different way yeah. rather than rather than just you know your blue screen artificial light tv all the time try try yeah 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 so sort of like active attention as opposed to just yeah. sitting and having having information given to you properly engaged in that occupation yeah so so obviously covid and the lockdowns it's come with all of its own pressures and things like that so in in terms of what people can be focusing on personally to help them get through something like this. Obviously, it's a time of crisis and that can throw up a lot of questions about life and how you're living and what you want. What what would you be sort of saying to people in terms of how to focus those, those sort of stresses and pressures? How can we then focus that into trying to sort of better ourselves in a way? So what I would say is for people to look at like um, their, their volition. So... It, which is kind of around people's motivations, um, yeah. interests, um, values. So mm. I'd say by people like take this time for you um, to to reflect on what's important to you. Yeah. Um, like we can use this whole ex- COVID experience as a way to grow as people. So yeah. we can have personal growth. So take some time to reflect and critically reflect on what you're doing um what you've been doing like when in normal times like yeah. have you been giving enough attention to family life have you been you know and what mm. what is actually important or have you been too consumed with um materialistic things and stuff like yeah. that so try and put a positive spin on this 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 lockdown and yeah. use it as as a, as, a, as an opportunity to, to grow and to think about what what's actually important yeah yeah definitely I think when when you've had so much of what was important or what you thought may have been important when so much of that gets taken away and like it's out of your control like we said it's it's a case of sort of finding finding what what you care about really and what you what you're wanting to pursue and maybe things that you weren't wanting to pursue because um, a lot of what we talk about is maybe trying to do more of something or keep up with this more or do a little bit of this or start a new thing and sometimes it's about taking taking away from that as well and thinking where was I diverting so much of my energy before all of this happened and is that maybe put to better use elsewhere is there something else I could be pursuing or put putting my sort of best best thoughts towards yeah like why am I trying to impress those acquaintances yeah that I don't that true lockdown haven't heard from don't know don't care about because they're they're so mm. they're locked in their house like i am yeah so actually the bro- bigger scale of things they don't matter yeah so, whereas you haven't been trying to impress say your mother or your you know like your yeah you know things like that so yeah i think you just need to have a little a reset really yeah yeah, no, I think that's a good, good, good way of putting it. Really, it's a chance to reevaluate and maybe, maybe make some changes where you're needing to. So, yeah, um, 
Thanks for thanks for coming on, mate. I think there's been a, a lot of really, really useful stuff there and I hope some people have learned something about OT as well, which they might not have been aware of beforehand. Um, as I say, I've, I've worked with a lot of great OTs over the years and um, I think your job role is really, really important. So, yeah, thank you for coming on, mate. I hope people get some, some useful messages out of it and keep in touch keep in touch it'd be nice to know how you get on with the uh the mental health career field see see where that takes you over the next few years um thank you very much it was a wonderful experience yeah <laughs> bit, bit, bit nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah first part of the test, but hopefully there'll be more sometime yeah yeah well you never know maybe maybe once you uh work your way up and you sort of ban seven mental health we'll uh we'll have a little bit of a check in again and see how you're getting on yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe you'll come on my podcast <laughs> yeah soon come soon come but yeah nice one mate um best of luck with everything in there thanks again for coming on cheers Thanks.